on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. A good Thursday evening and welcome in. It is Brewers Weekly. Have you for the next hour, now 50 minutes or so. We've got a jam-packed program today. A lot to get to. Today was the Rule 5 draft. Not much to say right there. Probably the bigger story was who the Brewers did not have selected than who they did have selected because they didn't have anybody selected. And they didn't select anybody in the Major League phase of the Rule 5 draft either. Which... A lot of people thought that this year the Rule 5 draft might be a little bit more active because teams are going to be looking for ways to stash inexpensive players on the roster. I don't know if that really played out that way. We'll get into that. Big news this week regarding the minor league structure for the Brewers and who their affiliates will be. Uh, No short season anymore, so it's going to be pretty cut and dry four teams a triple a team a double a team a high a team and a low a team and then nothing else beyond that uh major league baseball is working on some other things to be able to uh give prospects who would be playing at those super low levels other opportunities to play uh but the four teams have received their invitations and for the third time in the last what three four years uh the brewers will have a new triple a affiliate but an old AAA affiliate new again. Or would it be a new AAA affiliate old again? I don't know. But you get what I'm saying. We'll, we'll touch on that coming up in just a few moments. One of the most intriguing aspects of this offseason is the 40-man roster composition for the Brewers when it specifically relates to the catching position. Because there are currently six catchers on the 40-man roster, which is a lot of catchers on the 40-man roster. And the newest member of the organization is uh, catcher Luke Maley. Yeah, it was in the organization, was part of the Pirates uh, last year, didn't really play because of injury. Uh, but now he is set to uh, join the Brewers and be in a competition in spring training. He's going to join us. In fact, he's going to join us in just uh, a couple minutes or so, the uh, newest member of the Brewers organization. He's going to uh, be with us. If you want to join us later on in the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk at text line 855 855- 5616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers catcher Luke Maley is going to join us in just a moment here on Brewers Weekly. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. The newest member of the Brewers organization is catcher Luke Maley. He joins us right now here on WTMJ. Luke, really appreciate you taking a few minutes. How are you doing? No problem, man. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, First and foremost, you missed this past season dealing with uh, finger surgery after getting hit by a pitch in an exhibition game. Health-wise, how are you doing right now? Are you back to 100%? Yeah, man. I've uh, I've been 100% now for a couple months. Um, you know, initially, I think we were we were trying to get back within that ten week range, and that's about the number that we hit. Unfortunately, um, that's pretty much all the season allowed us this year. So uh, it cost me the whole year, but I think under more normal circumstances, I think um, it wouldn't have really presented quite as bad as it actually did. I, I was uh, I was feeling pretty pretty good around October the fifth, and uh, ever since then, I've been full go with all baseball activities. 
so take me through what that was like because in a normal year you'd probably be rehabbing that at the spring training facility you might be around the team uh, a little bit during a pandemic year and everything that was going on as you were going through the rehab where were you what was that like for you last year well i was pretty fortunate um so i live in the tampa area and the pirates spring training complex is about uh, it's about less than an i'd say it's 50 minutes south of where i live so I was able to commute there three times a week, which is for the injury that I sustained. It's really all the treatment that was required. I kind of, especially at the beginning, just needed to keep my uh, body in shape, um, you know, my lower body and, and uh, parts of my upper body in shape just to kind of continue where what I had built up for the season. And the finger was kind of just one of those things that needed to heal itself. Um, it required about, I would say 20 minutes of work every three days or so. And I was able to do that all at the complex uh, here in Bradenton just by happenstance. So it worked out pretty good for me. And, um, you know, when I got outrighted by uh, Pittsburgh, I just kind of picked up with the local PT guys. So everything's been good, man. It, it hasn't been as out of sorts as I think it, uh, it could have been. In a year like last year, I think everybody, not just baseball players, but everybody was looking for just some level of normalcy, and, and you're injured, and you're out, and you're going through all that. Do you, do you think it's tougher to deal with that injury last year when it would have been just great to have that normalcy and be playing baseball, or does, does it really not matter when you're injured and going through something like that? You know, I mean, the only way that I can really answer that is it was frustrating me just because the way I was swinging the bat. I mean, I, I came back from um, – you know, sort of the shutdown and everything and went to spring training 2.0 in Pittsburgh and, and really um, was having a lot of success with the bat. I, I had a bunch of base hits, a couple homers and uh, some extra base hits and was really getting ready to enter a season feeling good for the first time in, in um, quite a few years. So um, that was the biggest frustration. And I think that only having, like I mentioned, those, uh, um, you know, a couple months of season. So there's once you have any sort of significant injury, it pretty much ends your season. And um, it's frustrating because you don't really want to be labeled as a guy that misses an entire baseball season, albeit it was only 60 games. But, you know, the label sometimes has a way of sticking with you. So I was frustrated for sure. But, um, you know, my family and I made the most of it. And um, I feel like I'm coming out ahead, man. I mean, I'm rested and I'm, uh, I, I haven't been anticipating playing baseball as, as much as I am right now. I definitely miss it. New Brewers catcher Luke Maley continuing to join us. A lot has been made of this year's free agency and maybe baseball teams not being as willing to spend money. Going into that period where you knew you were going to be a free agent and you were looking around, what's what's your kind of mental standpoint at that point, knowing what people are saying about the free agent market this year? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's an adjustment period for everybody. And I, I don't think um, – I've mentioned this a lot before. I don't think there's really a playbook for anybody right now. We're all kind of just rolling with the punches and, and trying to be as fluid as possible. Um, you know, for me, I think you just kind of take the information, like as a free agent, I take the information that my agent gives me and, and uh, you know, the information that he's been getting from other teams, and you just try and make the best decision possible at that time. And, um, you know, I know it's kind of a boring answer and it's a little cliche, but um, that's really all you can control. And, um I think that the biggest takeaway for me is it's been two straight years of free agency for me. Um, and to get those deals done as early as I have, I, I think uh, I'm, it's something I'm very proud of. There's been interest um, from a, numerous teams early in the process. And, and also just for myself personally, it, it gives you something to look forward to. It kind of takes that, that monkey off your back heading into uh, a new chapter in your career and everything. So 
um, really just couldn't be more excited and, and glad that it got done in the way that it did. What does excite you about the Brewers organization? Um, I would say, first of all, just word of mouth. I mean, the people that I've crossed paths with that have ended up becoming Brewers or were Brewers in the past under this regime and and uh, and under council as a manager, I mean, they just have nothing but good things to say. Um, the city of Milwaukee is – I've been here – I've been there one time as a visiting player with Toronto and, um, you know, just kind of, kind of had a little bit of a crush on it, honestly. I mean, it just, I grew up in the Cincinnati area and it has, uh, it has kind of a similar vibe. It's, it's sort of a, uh, a big, small city, if you will, type of feel for me. And, um, I was able to have a couple of the, uh, local steaks and local brews and, just really kind of fell in love with the whole idea of, of being a Milwaukee brewer. And um, you accompany that with some good things that um, a couple of the players' wives have had to say to my wife. And um, it just kind of felt like the perfect match. You're already talking about uh, beer and steak. So I, I think you're going to fit into this community pretty well, just based off that. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, think, uh, I think the more you guys get to know me, I think we'll have a lot in common for sure. Does uh does anything else stand out to you, you know, playing at Miller Park? Like when you look back at the the one time, do you have a, a specific memory that really stands out to you? Um, you know, I mean, I, I I love the ballpark. I mean, I I definitely had heard a lot of the rumors about how the ball had traveled so well there, and, and uh, how it was kind of an offensive minded park. And um, certainly taking batting practice there for the first time was eye opening. I mean, I, I I think there's fewer and fewer parks. Um, every year that it would qualify as pitcher friendly, but uh, you know Miller Park definitely you could see the ball jump a little bit. Um, you know I, I don't think that the Jays were playing particularly well uh, when I was with them when we came to Miller Park, but it had a, a pretty good crowd. I mean there was lots of energy in the building. I don't know. I mean I, I just think that the whole ambiance had a really good vibe to it, and um, it, it's just uh, there's a lot of good players here and there's a lot of talent that I've kind of noticed from afar albeit in a in a different league and everything but um there's just a lot of good things to be excited about a couple more questions for brewers catcher uh luke maley joining us here on brewers weekly obviously as a catcher part of your job is to know the pitchers uh that, that you're going to be catching i know a lot of work will be done when you get to spring training but do you do you study up on on who your pitchers are going to be a little bit even before that point is there any work going on right now yeah man i'm way ahead of you i've um I've done a little bit of research myself. I mean, uh, I think mainly you just try and get an idea of names and faces, right? Like, you know, the first step is just kind of um, trying to understand what type of personalities you have and where, what kind of backgrounds people come from and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I hope I don't uh, come off in a creepy way with that. But, you know, I think that communication is such a big part of any business. But the pitcher-catcher relationship, is, it's paramount. And, um, you know, if you can kind of go in just having an idea of, what type of years guys are coming off of, you know, what their strengths are, where they've been in the past and, and what their potentials are, you're, you're going to kind of get a better sense for where their mind is. And, um, you know, if you can put yourself in a position to help them, then ultimately you're helping the club. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. There's there's six catchers on the 40-man roster right now. That means there's going to be some competition during spring training. Is that something that you embrace and look forward to? Without question, man. I mean, um, this is the highest level of baseball there is, right? Like, you know, you, you don't want to pick a place where you're not going to be challenged or where something's just going to be handed to you. Um, you know, ultimately at this level, 
you know, you're not just trying to, you know, barely make it and, um, you know, make a team by the skin of your teeth. You want to, you want to thrive and succeed and ultimately win a world series. So for me, um, it wasn't something that I wanted to shy away from. I, I knew that the organization wanted me to be a part of it, which obviously is important, but you know, if I come into spring training and stink, then, you know, it doesn't really matter who else is there. It, someone else deserves the job, but, um, I feel pretty strong about my game. The adjustments I made last year, even though I didn't have a chance to uh, show them because of the injury, I, I know that they're there. And um, I'm pretty confident in my abilities. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I know the other catchers fairly well. I know their games. And I think we're just going to make each other better. At the very least, that's what's going to happen. And this game has a way of kind of filtering the rest of the, of the other stuff out. All right, last thing for you. You're a Kentucky guy. Are you a big Kentucky basketball fan? Or is that something you're not too worried about? Well, it hasn't been the strongest season. So, you know, I went to the University of Kentucky, but um, I'm from about five minutes south of Cincinnati. So when Kentucky basketball is playing like this, I just claim the Ohio side. And then when the Bengals are playing like this, I claim the Kentucky side. So because both teams are pretty lousy, I I guess I just have to remain neutral on both fronts and say that I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, fair enough. Uh, Really (laughs) appreciate you taking some time, getting, uh, look forward to uh, meeting you when you uh, get to Milwaukee. So uh, thanks so much for your time and uh, have a great holiday. All right, you guys too. Thanks so much. Awesome. There's a uh, new Brewers catcher, Luke Maley, joining us here on Brewers Weekly. That was fun. He, that's uh, I, I, the most interesting. You know, I'll, I'll I'll kind of wrap that up here in just a moment because he said some things in there that I thought uh, I thought certainly were interesting. So we'll do that coming up in uh, just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. My appreciation to Brewers catcher Luke Maley for joining us here on Brewers Weekly. Six catchers right now on the 40-man roster. I would be surprised if six catchers are on the 40-man roster when spring training starts, and I would be extremely surprised if six catchers are on the 40-man roster when uh, when spring training comes to an end. Right now, those six catchers being Omar Nevaez, Manny Pena, Jacob Nottingham, Luke Maley, David Freitas, and Mario Feliciano. And that doesn't even include Peyton Henry, who was not selected in the Rule 5 draft. We'll talk about that coming up uh, later on in the program. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise when Henry was not protected, but that would have put another catcher on the 40-man roster. Uh, Maley's a guy who does have minor league options, so they could potentially send him to the minor leagues without losing him. Uh, and that's a that's a position where you want to have lots of depth. And it's also a position where not a lot of teams have a ton of depth. So if you want to make a move with one of those catchers, uh, it's good to have other players available. But looking forward to seeing what he can do. I did find it interesting when I asked him about uh, getting to know his pitchers. Because a guy coming into the organization, you don't really have the opportunity to, to get to know guys right away. I found it interesting that he said that he's you know all one step ahead of me on that and uh, already looking at the roster and looking at the pitchers and putting faces to names and that sort of thing and that's one of the that's one of the toughest things I think for catchers uh, going to a new organization there's probably no tougher position to go into a new organization with than catcher because the the cognitive work that exists for catchers going to a new organization is, I can't think of another comparison 
in baseball that would that would equal that that's got to be from a from a mental standpoint that's got to be the hardest thing to do be a new catcher going into uh going on to a, a new organization because there's so much work to do i always think it's really impressive when you bring in a catcher midway through the season uh with trades or whatever it might be just being able to to figure that out in fact if you remember this past year um I think it was Brandon Woodruff who was talking. I apologize if I have it wrong, but I feel like it was Brandon Woodruff who was talking specifically about Omar Nervaez because Nervaez worked really hard. Like we, we were critical of Nervaez based off what he did from an offensive standpoint this past season, and that's valid. Like I'm not trying to say that's not true. He had a he had a really tough offensive season. I think he's going to have a bounce back season just based off his career trends and his career trajectory and just the 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 body of work. Uh, that he has, everything would tell you that he's going to have a bounce-back offensive season. That being said, he spent so much time working from a defensive standpoint. I think it was twofold with him. When he got signed last offseason, when he was acquired, I should say, last offseason, it was uh, everybody was worried about who he was going to be from a defensive standpoint. And he was a pretty darn good defensive catcher. He's not going to go win a gold glove back there. But he was he was more than adequate. He was a plus defender behind the plate. And I think he put just so much work into that. And then there was the work of getting to know the pitcher. So going back to what I was alluding to a moment ago, I remember Brandon Woodruff talking. It was maybe three, four, five starts into his season, which is in a 60-game season. It was you know halfway through the year. And just talk about how every single time out, it was getting more and more comfortable with Narvaez, a guy that was that was just getting there, and that that's part of being a catcher. There's going to be that adjustment period where you get used to the pitchers, and pitchers get used to you, and you kind of get on the same page on everything, and that's somewhere that you uh, you certainly want to get to. So any work you can do as a catcher coming into the organization pre-spring training probably goes a long way towards kind of being ahead of the curve once you're able to uh, report for spring training. All right, we're going to shift gears for the rest of the program. want to talk about the Brewers' uh, minor league situation as there are some changes. It's uh, changes across the board in minor league baseball, so we'll get into that. And uh, also the Rule 5 draft occurring earlier today doesn't really impact the Brewers, but in a roundabout way, it does impact the Brewers. We'll explain that all coming up. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Continuing on with the program, if you want to join us, you absolutely can do so by giving us a call or texting us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you could tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this because, quite honestly, you probably don't care. But the the Kind of the business of minor league baseball, the infrastructure of minor league baseball is changing in a pretty big way. And if you didn't know, minor league baseball had previously been its own organization. And they had an agreement with Major League Baseball where Minor League Baseball would provide 
uh, teams for Major League Baseball teams to place their players, but they were two separate organizations, Minor League Baseball and Major League Baseball. That's not the case anymore. The, the infrastructure of Minor League Baseball has actually been taken over by Major League Baseball. There was a fight. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, quite honestly, there's a there are a lot of communities across the country who have found out uh, either in the last few days or in the last few months that their time as full as minor league affiliated minor league baseball affiliates is no longer. Major League Baseball teams this past week sent out invitations to minor league baseball teams to uh, become affiliates and. There was one major change and one small change when it comes to the Brewers. First off, the small change. Uh, Their low A and high A affiliates are changing or switching, basically, their classifications. So previously, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers and Appleton had been the low A team, and the Carolina Mudcats, a team that the Brewers organization owns, uh, had been the high A team. Well, the Midwest League, where the Timber Rattlers are at, it's going up to high A, and uh, for the Carolina Mudcats, their league is dropping to uh, low A, so it's going to be a little bit of a switch. This could impact things. Uh, I had a conversation about this recently on uh, my Brewers Extra Innings podcast, which you can listen to at WTMJ.com, and wherever you happen to find your podcast, just switch, uh, or just search, I should say, uh, for uh, for Brewers Extra Innings. I was having a conversation about this because... Uh, For example, uh, the last full minor league season, there was no minor league season this past year, but the last minor league season, uh, Ethan Small was drafted by the Brewers, and what the Brewers did was basically they wanted to get him a little bit of time that year. So they put him in Wisconsin, uh, and there's obviously proximity between Milwaukee and Appleton, and they had him pitch Friday night home games with the Timber Rattlers. Now, if the Timber Rattlers are high A, are you still going to see those guys who are just drafted in that situation? Maybe not, but and and in that same exact situation, does Small go to Carolina and and pitch, or do they just kind of hold him out until the next year? I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. At the end of the day, it really really doesn't matter all that much. But that would be the only thing I could see is maybe some guys who are drafted right away are not going to uh, be debuting with the Timber Rattlers. Maybe there's going to be more work being done at the minor league facility, things like that. No no big deal. They'll get there eventually. The overall level of play, the overall level of baseball will be a little bit higher. And there's going to be a few more prospects. There are a fair amount of like four-year college guys who are not prospects, who are late-round draft picks or undrafted free agents who get assigned to a low-A club, and then after one year they end up getting released out of the organization. They're organizational guys more than anything else. Uh, Sometimes those guys don't even make it to high-A, so I do think uh, the level of baseball is going to be higher, and the uh, percentage of players on the roster who are prospects could potentially be higher as well moving forward. So that's the small news. The big news is uh, who their AAA team is going to be. And a little history on this, if you haven't been following along, the Brewers were in Nashville for a really long time, and and Nashville had one of the worst AAA ballparks in all of minor league baseball. It was horrendous. And they built this brand-new, amazing ballpark. Uh, The Brewers assisted with them when they did the groundbreaking brewers uh, officials were there they were with them all the way along so they've got this brand new ballpark in an amazing city like nashville 
And then all of a sudden, the organization in Nashville says, oh, you know what? Maybe we can go find a, uh, a different affiliate to come in here. And they, the Brewers at that point hadn't been overly successful at the AAA level, so Nashville hadn't been winning very much. Uh, the farm system was really turning around at that point, and it was kind of funny because it was getting to a point where if they would have stuck with the Brewers, they would have had some really, really good teams in Nashville. Brewers ended up uh, in Colorado Springs, which was not a great situation. That was another bad ballpark, plus the altitude issue and everything that went along with that. Uh, Colorado Springs isn't a AAA team anymore. It wasn't a AAA team, so then they ended up in San Antonio. San Antonio is a great city. It's a great market, but again, it was a horrible ballpark. So the Brewers have had bad AAA situations for a while. They're not any bad AAA situation anymore. Six years after separating from Nashville, they are back with Nashville. And um, I'm sure there were some hurt feelings that had to kind of be worked through. But at the end of the day, you can't worry about that stuff. What you got to worry about is having a AAA facility and having a AAA site uh, that is the best possible for player development. And Nashville is a it's a great market to have for multiple reasons, great ballpark, great city. Also, when you look at cities across the United States that have a high amount of of baseball players who live in that city in the off season, you know, you think about areas in Texas, you think about some areas in Florida, obviously Arizona, uh, there are a lot of baseball players. But Nashville is another place where there are a lot of ball players. And I can tell you that there's a fair amount of guys out there that uh, if they are a if they're a sought after player who might make the major league team or might be a triple A guy and they know that about themselves, they know that they're gonna be going into spring training competing, uh, and obviously they wanna be on a big league roster, but if they're not gonna be on a big league roster, if they're going to be a triple A guy, the opportunity to be in Nashville where they might call that home is something that they they very much look to so there are some advantages there are a lot of advantages to nashville i believe it's going to be a 10-year agreement that's something that's new previously the player development contracts between organizations and teams have been two years four years occasionally six years Uh, major league baseball doesn't want the affiliation shuffle that we have very commonly seen in minor league baseball. So they are really pushing towards these longer-term agreements. All the way around, it's good. I'm sure there are some people inside of the Brewers organization that are still not super happy with the way they were treated by the Nashville Sounds when uh, you know six years ago when everything went down the way it did. But now they're able to, to go back in there and hopefully uh, the hurt feelings will be mended. And I, I've always thought it's cool that you kind of had the two-way thing where the Nashville AAA team is providing players for the Brewers, and then conversely, the Admirals are providing players for the Nashville Predators. So just that that Milwaukee-Nashville connection that exists both in baseball and hockey, I've always thought that's kind of cool. So that's a small thing, but it is uh, it is back. So I think most people can be pretty happy with the way things have gone down, that the Brewers are going to have their affiliation back at AAA with the Nashville Sounds. And now finally, six years later, they finally get to take advantage of the amazing ballpark in Nashville that uh, they had a part in getting built. The Brewers absolutely had a part in uh, getting that built. By the way, just sidebar on that. The So when Nashville had that, uh, wanted to get a new team in there, when they kind of kicked the Brewers out, uh, 
they went with the Oakland A's organization, and the A's had had this long run of success as the AAA team in Sacramento where they uh, they won year. I worked in the Pacific Coast League at the time, and one of the running jokes in the Pacific Coast League was that Billy Bean, the Oakland general manager, should be the Pacific Coast League executive of the year every year because the Sacramento Rivercats uh, won the PCL year after year after year. Well, they went into Nashville, didn't have a whole lot of success there. It was not a great relationship. Uh, they ended up leaving. The A's did. Then they brought in the Texas So. All that, you know, if if the sounds could go back in time six years, I would have to think they would have just chosen to stick with the Brewers. The the old saying about the grass not always being greener on the other side, I have to think the Nashville Sounds learned that uh, when they kicked the Brewers out. And the Brewers, by the way, had some pretty successful seasons at the AAA level after leaving Nashville. All right, the Rule 5 draft was today. It didn't really impact the Brewers, but it kind of did. We'll talk about it next. It's Brewers Weekly. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. The Rule 5 draft was today. Talk, we, we just did an entire segment on the, the convoluted nature of minor league baseball. How about the convoluted nature of what is the Rule 5 draft? The Rule 5 draft is if there is a player who has spent a certain amount of time in your organization in the minor leagues and they have not been placed onto the 40-man roster, another major league organization can select that player and just take them. The stipulation is, though, they have to stay on the major league roster for the entire season. And if you don't keep them on the major league roster, they have to be offered back to their original organization. This year, I I kind of thought that we would see more selections in the Rule 5 draft because we've talked a lot about this. Major League Baseball teams aren't spending money this year. They're they're just not. And when you take a Rule 5 player and stow that player away on uh, on on your on your Major League roster, what you're doing is you're you're saving money because basically they're they're cheap player and there were only 18 selections in the Rule 5 draft, which I think is um, pretty normal. I don't think that's a lot more than, uh, than, than normal. And uh, that's, that's the same number of players that were taken in 2016 and 2017. Uh, in 2010, uh, 19. So, I mean, basically, it's in the. I say all that to say this. It's in the same neighborhood. It's not like there's a, a lot more players who are selected. From a Brewer standpoint, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we had Brewers catcher Luke uh, Maley on the program. The Brewers have six catchers on their 40 man roster. The player who was not protected, because you have this you have this point, and the deadline was a couple weeks ago, where you make the decision who you want to add to the 40-man roster, and the players who are not added, who have enough service time in the minor leagues, essentially, are available for the Rule 5 draft. The, the player that did not get placed on the Brewers' 40-man roster that caught the most attention from people out there was catcher Peyton Henry. And we have long looked at Henry and then Mario Feliciano as being the catching tandem of the future for for the Brewers. 
and just because of how many catchers. Again, there's six catchers on the 40-man roster right now, and there's not going to be six catchers on the 40-man roster when when opening day comes around. That's just it's it, it's too many. I would be shocked. We'll, we'll we'll revisit it then. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I have a really hard time believing that there's going to be six catchers. So the numbers just put it in a spot where they were not going to be able to uh, protect Peyton Henry. So for me, Brewers, you're a little bit bummed for Henry because. If Henry gets selected in the Rule 5 draft, it's an opportunity for him to go be in the big leagues. Uh, he would have to be a third catcher probably, kind of developing on the fly. But he, he wasn't going to embarrass himself from a defensive standpoint at the major league level. He's he's not. He would have been, I'm a little bit surprised he wasn't selected because he is somebody who looks like he will be a major league catcher of the future and it wasn't going to be a fish out of water situation if he was on a major league baseball roster this upcoming season. That being said, it's still pretty tough to stow away a third catcher and a guy who's not quite developed all the way to a major league standpoint. And they keep him in the organization for another year. And maybe we're having a very different conversation next year. Maybe this buys the Brewers uh, that one year of time that they really ended up needing to be able to move forward with that future uh, catching tandem of Mario Feliciano and, and, and Peyton Henry. And I'm excited about both these guys. I really hope they get to the uh, get to the big leagues. Feliciano right now is considered the fourth best prospect in the Brewers organization, according to MLB Pipeline. And then Henry is considered the 15th best prospect in the organization. And as they've come up through the minor leagues, they have been together at times uh, where they would uh, split time behind the plate. At times you'd see somebody at first base. You'd see somebody uh, as the designated hitter. But they have been kind of coming up together and assuming that they both stay in the organization. And they're, you, the, the organization could trade Henry at this point. If they decide to trade him, an or, another organization could still pick him up and not be uh, forced to put him on the big league roster like they would do if he was uh, selected in the Rule 5 draft. So right now, with the six catchers on the 40-man roster, plus uh, a pretty high-level prospect in Henry, the Brewers have a ton of catching depth. And while... At some point in time, that might seem like it could create a little bit of an issue. That is certainly a better problem to have. So that's your takeaway. The Brewers don't select anybody in the Rule 5 draft. They don't have anybody selected in the Rule 5 draft. In the Major League portion, there's a Minor League portion of it as well. And we'd really be getting into the weeds if we got into that. But as far as the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft, the Brewers are quiet in terms of getting players and losing players. One more break. We'll come back, wrap up uh, the program. This is Brewers Weekly. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. All right, before we get out of here, we learned this past week that it looks like there's not going to be a DH in the National League this upcoming season. That's not for sure, and things can change at any given moment. Uh, But Major League Baseball is indicating to its member clubs that this year will go back to normal where the National League will have the pitcher hitting, which I personally like. However, at the next collective bargaining agreement, we are expecting a universal DH, so it seems a little silly to me to go back to pitcher hitting for one year and then the DH after that. Uh, But if they're going to stick with uh, pitcher hitting forever going forward, I'm good with that. I like National League rules, but that's just me. Thanks to Brewers catcher Luke Maley for joining us. Thanks for you to being tuned in. We'll talk again next week.
You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.